Another live edition of the Casey Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. When was the last time you went into a bank? Now more than ever, who you're doing business with is more important than where they're located. Emprise is a trusted company, mobile tools that take your banking beyond the borders of whatever city you live in. They're our partner in Possible with the KCSN Draft Guide. And uh, yeah, they've been they've been wonderful to work with. So appreciative of them. Uh, this is going to be a really fun episode because we're just going to be spending the entire time refreshing Twitter uh, and hopefully getting some news on some free agency announcements. And here to help me do it are my dear pals. First, find them on Twitter at Maddie underscore KCSN. Matthew. Wait, hold on. Where, where's Craig? Craig's not here with us. What? And that is why we are not signing Dan Sorensen, <laughs> Maddie. Well, that is why you may get your wish because they're apparently not signing anybody. Hey, yo, what an intro. All right, Kent, let's get to it. This is your, sh- this is exactly what Kent wants. He wants us to spend less than 13 seconds on the intro and get into it. So take it away, Kent. I just, you know, I would prefer if our episodes were like roughly 13 minutes. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, some of Maddie's responses to things are 13 minutes in and of themselves. Um, no, we're, this is going to be a fun one because we're, you know, it's the start of the legal tampering period where we get to find out all the illegal tampering that's happened the last few weeks uh, and the byproduct of those. And apparently the chiefs are just playing by the rules because we are, we are full on into this, you know, six hours in and we still don't have any news on anything. Uh, it's time to, it's just time to raise the panic, uh, the panic button and and press that pretty hard here. So uh, I don't know, Maddie, just overall thoughts, just first off, let's just, I want to hear off the top. What do you think about some of the big moves that have been made? How sad are you about some of the potential chiefs targets that have been, you know, lost? Like just where where are you at right now? How are you feeling? Um, with what the chiefs have done so far, I mean, like it's, it's incomplete. I think that I don't. I don't like what the general plan, like what the outlook looks right now, but it's early. I mean, we're talking, it's the first day of the reaction or the legal tampering period. Free agency has been going on for seven and a half hours. It's early. Like there's plenty of, the chiefs are going to make some moves. I think, I don't feel like this is fully a 2020 type year where they're just trying to run it back. Although we're going to get to stuff like that later, (laughs) but like, I don't have an issue with anything that's happened so far. It's just, I think it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around what the chiefs plans are right now. Like from the only information we've got so far, it sounds like they knew that the defensive end market was going to be pretty tough to play in. Cause they went to Frank Clark early on and said, Hey, we need to restructure. And it just sounds like they kind of knew they weren't going to get an easy improvement. So if you knew that and you still kind of got to this point without making, you know, having a big plan for moves, I don't know. I just feel very unsure of what their plan is right now. And uh, there's been a lot of good deals that went by today. Yeah, there's been a lot of good deals today, especially in the cornerback market. Uh, JC Jackson signs with the Los Angeles Chargers, gets about $16 million. That was a little bit unexpected. People were talking about him getting the Ramsey deal. So that's obviously significantly less than that. And then obviously Carlton Davis comes in right behind him, as expected, you know, just a little bit less, returns to Tampa Bay for that. It's a little bit. Um, I, I don't. I, I don't want to say frustrating to watch the cornerback market be set at that rate and have the Chiefs not playing in it. In you know, obviously a very needy position for the team. But again, I you know we don't know what the full plan is yet. We don't know what else is lined up here. The Chiefs don't have a whole lot of rumors around a bunch of guys. I know Brett Veach had said early on in this process, well, we're not going to be big players in free agency, although a lot of the guys that they're tied to are 
big names. Allen Robinson, for one, is a big name. So, I mean, that's, that is what it is. But not playing in the cornerback market is really, as it stands right at this moment, the only major thing that I think I'm a little soured on right now for the Chiefs. Defensive ends could still come. We'll wait and kind of see how that shakes out. But the cornerback market, essentially, because it was so thin to begin with, those top two guys being gone, kind of makes it a little bit rough for the Chiefs to significantly approve over what they had last year. I so want, speaking I'll, of corner, A.J. Bouye. The chat just said, ch- <clears throat> chat through that name out there. So, Craig, what about A.J. Bouye, who was released by the Panthers? I mean, he's been declining for a couple of years now. I, obviously, he'd be a, 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 a minimum level kind of guy. But, I mean, that's where the Chiefs have played. I mean, that, uh, Brett Veach, once again, has not made a significant free agent acquisition at the cornerback position. I mean, he could bring Charverius Ward back. That's basically the number three guy in free agency as it stands right now. If he chooses to do that, the Chiefs are going to be largely the same as they were last year at cornerback. It's not necessarily a bad thing because they've gotten the most out of those guys, but you do need kind of elite safety play behind it. And now you're having to pony up for Charverius Ward. I, AJ Boyer, those are the types of deals that they've been doing. I just don't know that at this point in his career that I'm ready to sign on for that. Here's here's where I'm at. It feels like there's very little opportunities for big swings in the secondary now. And, you know, there doesn't seem like a ton of real opportunities for this team to make a splash in the back end of their defense. And, you know, Brett Veach said, hey, we've got back position. The numbers that were sitting there from a per-year basis for Carlton Davis and uh, and for J.C. Jackson, seemed very manageable. If you were trying to, you know, if you valued cornerbacks, I think that's a great value. I was looking at, I mean, uh, these contracts, I'm looking at these 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 average guarantees per year, and Adoree Jackson got more average guaranteed per year than both Carlton Davis. That's and insane. It's, it's, it's in both of them. So I'm just looking at that going, you know, okay, yeah, I get it, like, You've got a lot to address and all that stuff, but those are man, I very manageable deal, especially with the salary cap improving. And so I'm not going to overreact to the entire picture until we see a little bit more, but I just look at that going, I mean, like that, that doesn't seem too out of, out of whack here. Like that seems like a pretty good deal that you yeah, should probably be digging. Yeah. yeah, that's the one position. It really is the one position because there hadn't been a ton of movement every, anywhere else. But, I mean, again, we knew it was thin in free agency. Basically, if you weren't in on those two or Charvarius Ward here, then you were going to probably have to trade for somebody or wait for another cut to come. Or you're probably going to be you know, signing an older veteran or something like that to a one-year deal. We'll kind of wait that out. But not a significant long-term improvement as it stands right now. Well, and I think that's kind of the the wall you run up against is at this point in time, what if it's either Charvarius Ward coming back, which is it's a fine move. Like it's mm-hmm. not a bad move. The way the market's looking, it looks like he may not be that expensive. Still, maybe more than you know what I would want to pay, but looking at it, it might not be bad. But that's the only other young guy. So whether mm-hmm. you want to go for a Stefan Gilmore is a name I've thrown out there, or even if you trade for Bradbury or he gets released, those neither one of those guys are super young though. They're, I mean, Bradbury's sneaky old. I think he's 28, 29. Like he's pretty, he's up there despite coming into the draft the NFL not too long ago. So you're getting a stop gap at corner. You're only left with stop gaps at defensive end. There's nothing but stop gaps left there. So what are you going to do? Just try to survive one more year two more years maybe, and then do this same song and dance 
two years from now. Like that's kind of what the Chiefs did in 2020. Granted, it was to bring back their own players. The cap was lower, but like you can't just bring in only one year guys and then have the exact same issues to deal with another year down the road. That's why this year was so important to go out and attack the cornerback market because there were two names there at the top and they went for very good prices. But uh, Brett Veach says, not only do I not draft corners, I do not value them at all. Now, Now, hang on. He may draft a corner this year. You don't know. I got some. I got some hopium still in me. A little. A little bit here. And you know, it. it there's lots of guys in this year's draft. It's a very deep cornerback class. They could be looking at that and saying that if if you don't know about the cornerback class, you should be signing up right now at gum.co kcsn22. Like, go there right now. It's Kent's pinned tweet. Go there on Twitter. Sign up for the KC Draft Guide. Get six months of the KCSN Substack. We'll walk you through all the free agency if they make a move. And the entire draft, they're going to have everything that you need to know about cornerbacks there. So go there. We'll get into more cornerbacks there. But that's coming, Kent. If you're, yeah? if you're watching right now, you can go click the link this podcast whether you're listening on the podcast or watching on youtube you can go to gum.co slash kcsn22 or just click the kcsn draft guide six months of kc sports network Substack, and we will be breaking down any film analysis we can for any players that uh that sign with the chiefs we'll have some analysis and stuff coming so that's that's how you get access to all that stuff just so you know i'm, I'm just jumping in real quick yes oh, maddie i want to jump back to what you said and this is i think maybe part of why maybe sentiment has changed in the last six and a half hours, uh, seven and a half, I guess, because it started 11 a.m. KC time. But I don't think there's a ton of young players there. Corner was really one of the other places that you could go with a multi-year deal. And that's what you're kind of alluding to there. There's not a ton of edge players. Like all the top edge guys are really more of those one-year deals. I'm tinfoil hatting now. No boy. Do we... Uh, I this is a, this is off the cuff um for me. So what if this is Steve Spagnuolo's last year and they're not looking to make any long-term commitments to the defensive side of the football? I think then, that that's a waste. I think that's a wasted year. Why is like, it yeah, I don't understand that. If you're gonna if you're gonna kind of lame duck it a little bit, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I think this is more a product of the defensive end and the cornerback, you know, free agency room, you know, sections being pretty poor. And I mean, I, I think you're gonna struggle to just fill those without spending a ton on the top guys. And if they're out here allocating the resources towards wide receiver or you know paying Tyree Kill or Orlando Brown, it may mean that they don't feel like they can play at the top of the market. I I, I don't know. I just that's a that's a rough one for me to believe that they're just not on board with committing longer than this because Spags may not be around. But even if even if this was the case, even if the case was you're gonna get a whole new defensive coaching staff, why would you not go out and sign guys that are scheme versatile? JC Jackson can play cornerback in any scheme in the NFL. You want to tell me that you don't want to get Carlton Davis because it might be, you know, you might change to more off coverage or more like just pure zone. Okay, fine. I could buy the scheme specific argument there, but JC Jackson fits everything. You'd have to fork over a lot of money up front and guarantees, but it's not like he wouldn't work on another scheme. Same thing with some of these other guys. Like I just, 
I, I'm with Craig. I would have a hard time believing they are going to lame duck an entire defensive coaching staff in the middle of a Super Bowl window while working on a long-term deal to left tackle, while restructuring Tyreek Hill, so on and so forth. It just while the rest of the division and quite frankly, the rest of the AFC is improving, it just seems like a weird time to go through a completely wasted year if that's kind of their goal, especially when you look at how light they are on the defensive side of the ball. They have mm-hmm. we talked about it, four bodies, four bodies in the defensive backfield. And what, three? Four? Three of them are up after this year. Yes. Three of them. Oh, then what? Then there's four defensive ends currently on the roster. Mm-hmm. There's three defensive tackles. I mean, I know there's some practice squad guys, but three defensive tackles that have played actual snaps in the NFL. Like, they don't have a roster yet. Now, I want to reiterate, day one, we are seven hours, seven and a half hours into this. It's day one. By all means, nobody has to panic. It's just... The, the plan seems a little different than I think what a lot of people did. I did want to go back to this real quick. Derek Hernandez asked earlier on, now that we know um, J.C. Jackson's and Carlton Davis's contracts, what do we think that Charvarius Ward is looking at? I think we had all kind of pegged him in that 12 to 14 range before free agency started. Still there, lower. Where do you guys think Ward is? I think he's going to be lower. I think he's going to be closer to $10 million a year. And frankly, that stinks. That really stinks for Charvarius Ward because he's earned more than that. And in a different year, this might have been better, bigger. I So here's the thing. Here's the only thing with that. Char- Carlton Davis goes back to the Buccaneers very quickly. Are we sure the market, like, are we, are we sure that, like, just because Carlton ba- gave, Davis goes back and re-signs and because J.C. Jackson's already off the board, we're looking, like, as far as long-term, multi-year cornerbacks, there's really not a ton better out there as an outside cornerback. And so like, that's what I question. Stefan Gilmore is a very good player, but are we sure he, you know, some team's going to be willing to sign him to a multi-year deal this year. Uh, Casey Hayward's super old Dante Jackson scheme specific DJ Reed. I mean, he's a, he's a nickel, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. Darius Williams, more of a slot guy outside corners. There's not a ton of them. So I think there is advantage Charvarius Ward in that perspective. I still think he breaks 10. I mean, okay, let, let, you touched on it a little bit there. Um, you bring Charvarius Ward back. You have Legarius Need. I know that we they probably need another guy. Rashad Fenton is under contract right now, but the Chiefs have seemed to favor replacing him with some guys. Do they target one of these slot guys instead? You bring Charvarius Ward back, you bring a slot guy back, and you just keep Legarius Need and Charvarius Ward on the boundaries, knowing full well that that's where they played in the base defense, and you try and trust them to lock things down, and you actually make the upgrade at slot and keep Legarius Need out. So it, there, there's more than one way to kind of handle this for certain. But I, I, I'm looking at it a little bit now. The depth actually might be in the slot right now with what's yeah. left it may behoove them remember they were interested in k1 williams the guy who played only in the slot for san francisco they were very interested in k1 williams last offseason that would have kept legerius need out to the outside as well so maybe they're looking at revisiting that trying to play darius williams is a heck of a player like he would be a really nice nickel corner it's just what's that market like what does that get you versus maybe another guy on the outside knowing that you can play Jerry Sneed on the inside? So for me, I 
I'm going to wait until the Chiefs actually move Legereus Sneed to think they're going to move him because we've we've hypothesized this for a while because he looks like a corner that should be better on the outside, but the Chiefs do everything in their power to play him on the inside. Like they make sure they play him on the inside. I know they brought in Williams last offseason. They were, you know, reportedly very interested up until the very end, which they still didn't get him though. And then they still didn't go out and find another slot corner. And like they have at no point in time tried anyone in the slot over Sneed since he's been here, except for when he played outside in replacement of Bashad Breland. Like that's the only time he has not played in the slot when he's healthy. So I think they like him there. You look at his run defense compared to some other slot corners run defense in the NFL. It's very good. His ability is a blitzer. Like, I don't know if I think his coverage skills are better on the outside, but I do think you're starting to lose a little bit from if you take him out of there. So like, that's the only holdup, but I do think that could make you better. Um, Charverius Ward, I saw somebody said 8 million. Yeah. I mean, I would certainly sign him for 8 million, even at 10, I would consider it like, it's not a hard no, but I think once you start climbing up to that 12 to 14 range is when I start to get a little worried. And also to Kent's point, they were, he was talking about how Charverius Ward might get to kind of be the only outside corner left. that's young. It's worth the long-term deal. Also, look at J.C. Jackson and Carlton Davis' structure. They're a short-term deal. Like Both those mm-hmm. guys are kind of set up to get out after two years, so maybe they don't entirely reset the market. Maybe that isn't a resetting of the corner market like it looks on paper, like when you first glance at it. So maybe Ward still is in that same range as Davis. Maybe the NFL's not as high on Davis, or he took less to go win with Tom Brady and Ryan Jensen and everybody else they're going to bring back. That's entirely a possibility. And then you're still looking at J.C. Jackson took what was like $40 million for two years, essentially, is what like the guarantees are. So maybe the cornerback market isn't reset and Charvarius Ward will still be expensive. But if he's in that 8 to 10 range, I think the Chiefs should absolutely still be trying to make a play. I think this is, look, I, I think if the Chiefs were very intent on addressing corner and valuing corner the way Brett V said, that they would have been more aggressive into that market with those two guys. And we didn't hear their name at all as potential you know, participants in the JC Jackson sweepstakes in the, uh, in, in the Carlton Davis sweepstakes. Uh, I'm resigning myself to like, I mean, I'm resigning my Jeff Gladney and, and luxurious need outside. Like, I think, I don't know if I, if I had that joke going, I mean, that it's just the most chief thing ever. Like Jeff Gladney's going to be a chief. Like if he's not, it's an upset. Cause if there's something that Chiefs love, it's first round cornerbacks that have been released by their prior team and maybe a, a shade of controversy here or there around them. So they, they've cornered the market literally on on that. Uh-huh. See what I did there. Yeah. Um yeah, it's I mean it's, I, yeah, he's he is. He's a first round dude. He has he's, I, we'll say this. He, he's better than DeAndre Baker, Mike Hughes. Uh, oh yeah, we had him. Arnett, he's better. Prospect. He's the best version yeah. of all these guys that we were talking yeah. about, which is a, a long list. I'd be the the fourth in, in the similar situation, but continue. Right, he's a much better prospect than any of those guys were, at least in in our minds. In our minds, I mean, we, and we feel pretty good about it. He went to Minnesota, which is where cornerbacks go to die. Like they <laughs> they all get better when they leave. It doesn't matter. They've spent <laughs> so much, so many assets. So. Yeah, he would make sense because he's, you know, obviously he's he's free right now. And the Chiefs could add a young player. He's one of the only ones that makes sense. You take this first round talent. You take this guy that's just worth a lot. That's an outside the market guy. And you bring him into Kansas City. 
just like we're doing with the McAdoodles in Lee's Summit, Missouri, in summer of 2022. Listen, elite customer service, elite prices, elite selection. That's what McAdoodles is, and that's what they're going to be for you. That's what they're going to be for Kansas City, and that's what they're going to be wherever you want them to be. If you're a franchisee, get a hold of Roger, info at McAdoodles.com, and get them to you right there. Just like the Chiefs might get Jeff Gladney, you know, former first-round guy in their market. Again, he's like, hey, look, I think we have a KC uh, draft guide right up. So, like, if they sign him, we'll give you some of that analysis on there, too. By the way, go click on the link if you want to go buy it. Um, I want anything else at at cornerback you want to talk about? Um, Okay, actually, Derek Derek Hernandez asked a question that's pretty good. Would we be surprised if we ended up re-signing Charvarius Warren Tyron? so here's this is where I want to transition really quick because look they're thinking about restructuring Frank Clark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the one move that like they're actually trying to do we haven't talked about for twenty minutes. We, we I know. We will. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. We'll get there. We'll get there. And this could be a good transition because this might be you know, I it seems like run it backs very much in play again <laughs> because. Because, like, okay, we're trying to keep – we're not really playing in the edge market. We're going to just restructure Frank Clark, and maybe they'll make some other moves. We'll get there on the, at the edge position. Uh, Charvarius Ward's market looks worse uh, than it did, uh, you know, three hours ago. Haven't heard a peep on Tyron Matthew. Uh, there's a lot of people that say Tyron's best fit is Kansas City still. Who knows? But – I, if you had asked me two weeks ago, Matthew and Charvary in 2022, I would say absolutely not. But I look right now and I'm just going, uh, I don't know. It's a non-zero chance. And I can't believe in six and a half hours we've gotten this point, but that's where. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, oh boy. So when the Chiefs decided to bring back Matt Nagy is the moment that I thought that run it back was just a possible thing. Just with players, it was a possibility to all of a sudden have this kind of like run it back campaign. And not that there was a direct correlation between a coach and players or anything like that. But if the mindset was to get a coach has been here before, why would the mindset not be just to get players that have been here before? Like, why would you not share a mindset across both things? you know the same guy, guys, guy, are having the same decision-making power in both scenarios. So why wouldn't they keep a lot of the same guys? I would not be shocked if they come back with Charvarius Ward and Tyron Matthew. It would not surprise me in the slightest. Um, I don't think that would be their only move, though. I'm still holding out hope that the Chiefs do spend a little bit of money and try to get better. They try to improve their roster over what it was last year. I don't know how they look at kind of what the overall outlook of the team was last year see how other teams are getting better in certain areas and think that that's they're they're good enough to not try to keep improving. Like I think in the NFL, if you're not improving, if you're staying the same, you're getting worse. Anytime you don't improve, you got worse and everybody else got better. They have to make some strides and I think they will, but just getting Charvarius Ward and Tyron Matthews a good start. If you can fill in something else around it, it's just what what else? You know, what else? I mean, and that's the part that I keep coming back to. I wrote on the Substack today about Brett Veach's moves. He has made a splash signing every year but the run-it-back year. And in that run-it-back year, they signed Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Chris Jones to long-term deals. So, uh, obviously, there was a focus on that. Now, 
can point out Orlando Brown Jr., Tyreek Hill. I get it. I totally understand. And that that has me a little worried about you know what they're going to do with their money. But it definitely seems like there's room for at least another big signing here. I just think that I think that it's going to be a wide receiver too. They are tied to every single wide receiver that is out there right now. They really are. Like Ed Will Fuller, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, obviously Allen Robinson, as I mentioned before, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jarvis Landry. They're landing another wide receiver at least, maybe two. We'll see how it goes. So it's not, I don't think it's going to be a full run it back. I do think that the Frank Clark situation is something that, is on a knife's edge here. I I don't know that it's going to be a full restructure. The fact that they're talking about it and that it's public, somebody wanted that to get public. That's not testing the waters. That's trying to figure out if they can get more leverage there. When you see those sorts of things come out, it's either the team or the player's agent that's trying to improve the situation in their direction. So it's also been reported that Frank Clark, if this doesn't work out, is getting cut. Like, there's no two ways about it. Frank Clark's either playing on a significantly cheaper deal or he's getting straight up cut. Now, the Are ideal we sure he is, doesn't have all the leverage? I don't know Are if he sure? has all the leverage. Are we sure I mean, the he can't just say is nope. poor? Yeah, <laughs> right? I mean, it is. Can he just yeah. say no and they have to pay him? Like, they can threaten to cut him all they want, but if they cut him, they have even sure. less bodies to throw out there. And I know fans don't like Frank Clark's play, but I can, I can tell you what the Chiefs think by watching what they do. They like him better than every other defensive end on the roster. Whether you agree or don't agree, I don't think that part matters. They like him more than everybody else. So if he says, no, I'm only going to take a pay cut down to X amount, or I'm only going to play for my contract, like, do the Chiefs really have the power to say, okay, bye, if they don't have anybody else to place in there? The longer I mean, it draws out, I don't know. Like the more guys that start going off, Zadarius Smith, Chandler Jones, these guys start going. Mm -hmm. You kind of get to the point where you're going to pay just as much money to piecemeal together one guy that they think is as good as Frank Clark is. Yeah, look but at, I mean, that's the, the thing. Yeah, that's, the, none of those guys have come off the board in free agency yet. The, the defensive end position is just very stagnant through one day, half a day of, of the market right now. So, all of these guys essentially are still on the board. Zadarius Smith got added today. There are combinations of these guys, albeit older, maybe one-year stuff. Even Frank Clark, if you restructure, it's probably a one-year deal. You can pair together to try and help improve the pass rush and make it better than it was last year. That is still on the table here, even with you know Frank Clark returning at a much lower number. So I, I I do think that there is some element to run it back here, definitely. But I think that there are going to be enough new additions. It's going to be enough of a balance to where it's not just quite as stale as 2020 was from an addition standpoint. Yeah, I just I think they have a hard time getting better than they were last year. And I think that's one of the things like I'm looking at past to getting and better and the path to improving at corner is not there. Um, the path to improving its safety, probably still some things that they could do. Um, but we're not even taking into consideration age. Like even if they bring Tyron Matthew back, they're bringing out an older version of Tyron Matthew, you know, a, a year older. And that's, you know, I, I, I look at edge. I think, you know, that you could probably make an argument that they can, they're, they, they can definitely still get better there for sure. Ogba just got what? 12 and a half million dollars a year. Uh, APY. I mean, Emmanuel Ogba is good, but if Emmanuel Ogba is your big swing pass rusher at 12 and a half million, I, that's not good for the Chiefs. 
And there's not a ton of fluff in that contract, but either like they're going to be paying him 12 yeah, and a half million. So yeah, you know, like I, I just look at some of these moves and I'm like, I don't, it's going to cost dearly for the chiefs to go grab a expensive one year rental. Um, and I'm just trying to, you're squinting. You're trying to figure out how this team's going to be better than they were in 2021. And that team fell short in 2021, by the way. And by the way, the rest of the division has gotten better. So the gap's closing. I'm not raising the alarm. It's just there's a lot of work to do unless you're just relying on hitting in your on your draft picks in a way that is not sustainable uh, and shocking. I just don't see a path to a ton of improvement in certain areas. Maybe they're maybe they're flat, you know, and maybe they can get better at a certain couple spots just to, you know, improve, you know, to 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 mask some of the maybe the issues they have at other other spots. But man, I'm just I don't know. It's it's very interesting. And he, I think one of the other things is hearing the names that they're in on, you know. But right now we sit here and they stand. They're worse at corner. They're worse at safety. They're worse at defensive tackle. They're worse at edge. They're worse at right tackle. Tight end just because they're getting older and they've lost Blake Bell. They're worse at wide receiver. They're worse at running back because Gerald Williams is testing the market. I mean, yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough to swing that. By the way, Ogba is 16 and a half million. We said 12 and a half. It's even more. It's even Wait, more it's than we 16 and a half million? Oh, yeah. No, he got paid, paid. Yeah, he got paid, paid. So, I thought he I got mean, paid, paid. He's, he's the <laughs> only guy. <laughs> yeah, no, he got good for Emmanuel Ogba. That's yeah, awesome. shout out yeah. Emmanuel Ogba. Yeah, yeah he but, got paid, paid. I mean, I thought he got 12 is... and a half. And I was no, still like, no, okay, Emmanuel like, Ogba. That was Reddick. Hassan Reddick might have got right around there, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's 465. I thought it was, okay. My goodness. So, I mean, we've seen what might be roughly the top of the market. Somebody somebody asked here, you know, I, Zach Eisen asked, is Zadarius Smith, his APY, coming off of, you know, a back injury last year, getting cut by the Green Bay Packers, he might be in the $12 million range. He really might. I mean, he was a very effective pass rusher the previous two seasons for Green Bay, a good run defender, a guy that's been linked to the Chiefs since he got cut by pretty much every national people, you know, media people out there. They basically said, oh, look for him in Kansas City, like immediately after he was cut, even somewhat before he was cut. So a guy that they might be targeting, using some of that money and not, you know, spending as much in some of these. I mean, the other part of this is, Brett Veach likes to trade assets and we're all looking at this right now. You know, at this time last year, the chiefs were, had reportedly signed Joe Tooney. They'd missed out on Trent Williams. They just cut Mitchell Schwartz. They just cut Eric Fisher a week prior. Like we were all wondering where the tackles were going to come from. And we were all trying to talk ourselves into Alejandro Villanueva, Riley Reef, these guys. No, we weren't. No, 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 no. no. We (laughs) all were not trying to talk us into that. I mean, it is a tough situation. And then all of a sudden, Brett Veach makes a trade. Orlando Brown Jr. comes in. Chiefs are looking to pay him as their left tackle of the future. You don't know what it is that's coming with Veach. I do like that element of it rather than playing in a crowded you know, expensive, older defensive end room, you know, defensive end free agent market. They would rather maybe go out and find a guy. The problem is nobody trades defensive ends. That just doesn't happen very often. And when we do see it, it's at the end of their career. So I don't know that there's a guy available, but there's enough regime changes. There might be a guy that crops up between now and the draft 
that all of a sudden we're like, oh, okay, well, that was the plan. And well, then all of a sudden it looks a little bit better. I Hold on really quick. I just, I have to step in. I, they can't keep doing this. They can't <laughs> keep doing this. It isn't, it's, look, I the Chiefs, they, yes, they hit on Orlando Brown. They paid a lot. They paid a lot of draft capital for Orlando Brown. They did it with Frank Clark. Up and down. Pretty, like, we, there's a lot of, well, you guys get it. It wasn't great. They didn't get the value of the first round probably as a whole on his performance. They had a very, I, I, I like some of the stuff he did. You don't need to go there. They can't keep doing this. This team needs draft picks. They need to give themselves some swings. They need to give themselves opportunities to potentially hit on the bottom of their roster. They, or in the middle of the roster, the middle class of this roster, because they about whipped, whipped on the first draft that they had. Brett Veach, has, he came out with Derek Nottie, and Derek Nottie might be the only guy in that 2018 draft class that he had that's going to get a multi-year deal. They, they, He's going to get paid, too, if, if it's anything like the rest of the nose tackle market. My goodness. <laughs> Yeah, we still got to get there, but wait, we team, go back to Darius. But, but really quick, they just—I'm sorry—they just—they have too many long and short-term issues to get, to be double dipping because they're pay. This team loves to pay for the right to pay someone mm-hmm. top of market. They love to do this, and it's maddening because, like, I, I and they're they're we're one for two on it. If you look at it in totality, I think the Orlando Brown move is going to pay out just fine. I just. I'm sick of this team spending draft capital to spend. And that model is not going to be sustainable, I don't think. They've got to start hitting on some young guys. They've got to inject this roster with young talent. Young, cheap, cost-controlled talent. And they're paying for the sins of the 2018 class right now. And if they don't if they don't start figuring some stuff out, they're going to pay for the sins of trading all this draft capital. Drafting a running back in the first round. Uh, sorry, Maddie. Go. Uh, we'll move on. We'll get to Darius Smith another time. <laughs> I just want to say though, you're you're saying that they're getting worse, but you're also not wanting to go trade for a player that's ready to play right now. Like I know. It's, so it's, like, it's, so I, what they're doing though by not signing guys and spending money and not trading picks, they're doing what you want. They're resetting. They're drafting young talent, so it's cost controlled. So like their plan right now could be very much what you're asking. They're not getting into any big deals that are going to strap them down with their cap. They're not locking themselves into anybody. They're just, they're resetting themselves to keep all their draft picks this year. Like what if that's what they're doing? Like, is, are you still upset now if they're doing what you're kind of asking them to do? If they, I, I'm frustrated that they are at, in the position that they're in first and foremost. Like, I think that's it's Some of this is just frustration. I wouldn't make, maybe this is a year where they, I don't want to say hit the reset button, Maybe this is I don't want a, a, a transition year where this team's just not as good as it's been the last few years. And maybe it's hey, we're gonna try to score a hundred. We're gonna take our lumps a little bit on the defensive side of the football, and we'll reassess and we'll draft and we'll we'll take our lumps with some young talent on the defensive side of the football, and and you know we'll we'll come back next year with with you know some big swings on on defense. Maybe it's just you know maybe it's gonna be a little bit more 2018y. But I just hate that they're in the spot because they. You know, we can talk about short term and long term and all that stuff, and Brett Veach can say all that stuff, but it's always been very much long term or short term. Like this is like he's always taken short term approaches to building this roster. I don't want to hear any other. I mean, there's really no argument beyond that. I think this has always been very short term, and so 
this is the situation you are in when you go a little bit more short-term minded, which I undoubtedly think they are. And I'm not going to say that it was entirely the wrong move because Patrick Mahomes was a lot cheaper. But the transition from Patrick Mahomes being on a rookie contract to being expensive, you've got to have capital. You've got to have draft capital. You've got to hit on your draft capital. And I don't know. I don't love where this team is sitting right now, where they're kind of stuck between... I, they're stuck between eras a little bit, I think, in, in some way, shape, or form. Not that they're not going to be good. Not that this team isn't going to be one of the team's favorite to win the Super Bowl. I'm just very, I don't know, I don't see a ton of guys out on that roster, you know, out in free agency right now that are going to just like become part of the next wave for this football team. So I don't know where this is going. So Apex Affairs had asked if Daniil Hunter trade. Uh, I think after they restructured or did whatever they did with Kirk Cousins' contract, they kind of have to win now. Like they kind of saddled themselves up to try to win with them. Maybe they'll just end up eating the money, but I don't think I don't think Hunter's now on the trading block. I think they need to be yeah. as good as they can right now. Unfortunately, uh, other news: Zay Jones signed for a ridiculous amount of money. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Tucker told us Everybody. that in our chat that you can't see. And before I knew the numbers, I said, "Oh, what? Twelve million a year? Close." And that was a complete joke, just based on the Christian Kirk thing. So that's why Jaguar. Jacksonville is blowing everything out of the water. I like Maddie. You're you're about to catch a multi million dollar deal from the Jaguars. They're just they're throwing money. I can tend Tebow for a camp. Listen, they're throwing <laughs> money at everybody right now, and they're throwing money at mid tier guys and paying them like upper tier guys. And I'm very curious to see how that affects things. I don't know if Christian Kirk's up to $21 million a year contract up to 21 million. I, I can't, it, it, that just, I can't fathom that. I mean, good for the man for catching all that money, but Congrats. that's going to affect. Yeah. That, that could seriously affect some stuff. We'll, we'll see here. Or, Agents are just going to say, "Listen, that's Jacksonville. Like they got to pay to have." I was wondering. Think, we're, I think Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville just has to go all in. Like I think that's the problem is they just have to go. They just have to go. They overextend they are themselves. All doing in. That, but they're literally getting old guys that do the exact same thing. Tell me yeah. what Lavisca Chenault, uh, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, and Zay Jones do differently. Tell me what Travis Etienne's playing wide receiver for them with Urban Meyer. I mean, like Evan they, Ingram. Like. What are they <laughs> What do they do differently? They're the they same don't. player. Uh, but we got to get to what the Chiefs can do the rest of this off free agency period yeah. or something we'd like. But I, there's three quick things I want to touch on so we can just get through them quick. Nose tackles are getting paid. BJ mm -hmm. Hill's getting $10 million a year. Um, the guys whose name I'm not going to pretend to pronounce got like $7.5 million, I think. Oye, Farukasi? Yeah, that one. It's like all, nose tackles are getting paid. Run stuffing, nose tackles are getting paid. What are we looking at for Derek Nadi? do we think? Do we think he's in that oh, 10 man. million plus range? I don't think I, we are looking. Than I thought. Yeah. I don't think we're looking anywhere. <laughs> I think, I think, you know, the Jaguars, maybe. I don't know who's it, who it's going to be, but somebody's to, yeah. I think, yeah, I don't think it's the Chiefs. No, I don't think so either. I, I think they're looking in the draft, <laughs> if I had to guess. So. Byron Pringle, what do we think he gets? Zay Jones, Ooh, 10 million. Ugh. Zay Jones, I, uh, Braxton I think, Berrios got six and a half million. I think I think Byron Pringle, remember a few years ago when Demarcus Robinson was going to get like eight to $10 million a year? Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, I think it's one of those things. I think Christian uh, Kirk wasn't making 21 million that year. Braxton Berrios wasn't making six and a half. I think Byron Pringle's getting like six and a half. 
tops. Hey, thanks for Byron, man. Yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Let's do I, it. Yeah, I, I think he gets I, more I, than that. I would. I don't. I think he gets more. I think that Byron Pringle's a lot higher thought of than Demarcus Robinson is to other people that watch the game. <laughs> uh, then, like, I think Demarcus Robinson is pretty known by everybody that kind of watched. Besides, just like people that knew him on the field and what he did. I think as a just general player to translate to other things he's as good as Zay Jones, if not better. Like, I understand the Jaguars are overpaying everybody, but, like, I think that's a reasonable thing to say, okay, wait a second. I think I should get close to Zay Jones' money if you're Byron Pringle. Mm-hmm. All right, Maddie, give me an over – give me a line on Byron Pringle. Annual ten. Per, you want to go 10? Hey, oh, yeah, do you Zay wanna, Jones. I'm do you want to bottle – you want to bet a bottle at McAdoodles on yes. – I'll take the under on Byron well, Pringle. Okay, hold on. If I'm betting a bottle, I'm going eight. <laughs> oh, Wow. <laughs> He backed off of that with a quickness. I My split goodness. the difference. I split the difference of Kent and I's guess. Uh, okay. Uh, eight for a bottle of bourbon from McAdoodles. Correct. I will take oh. the under on Byron Pringle. Oh, yeah, we're taking the over on that. Easy okay. win. That, that's how you negotiate. Uh, final little piece. Safety market hasn't unfolded entirely yet, but we've yeah. seen a couple numbers. We made a kind of a little bit of a hoopla about them talking about Tyron Matthew maybe getting to double digits. We all feel comfortable that he's getting over double digits now, right? Like yeah, just the way the yeah, safety absolutely. market's breaking down. Like it looks like even you're going. Over I think 12, he always probably. was. I think it was ridiculous when someone insinuated that he wasn't. Like that <laughs> yeah. was like that was like the huh? Yeah. No, I think he's in the twelve to fourteen range, fairly comfortably, and that's that's pretty much what we kind of expected. We maybe thought he was going to be a little bit higher than that, but I mean, based on based on what Diggs got, I mean. That's the other part. This safety market has not shaken out at all. There are dudes that are still available. If Steve Spagnuolo wants to continue to invest in the safety position and funnel defensive backs through that safety position, that's where it could still be. And that's where they could spend a lot of money still on defense and still try and protect, you know, maybe some minimum, some vet minimum cornerbacks underneath. And that's what they've done in the past. Yeah, man, I'm just thinking about like how <laughs> sorry, I'm thinking about the roster construction. I'm just like, okay, so the Chiefs are gonna skimp at corner and who's gonna be protecting them? <laughs> no, who this in the is middle great. of the field is gonna be protecting no, this them? is perfect. Okay, one Quandre got 13, Tyron gonna push with it. I think Quandre Diggs is a good price to go with with Tyron. I would say about the same. I think Diggs before injury was maybe a tad better last year but tyron has not coming off an injury better body of work probably a little more versatile it's like i think they're in that same 13 14 range each um but kent you're you're over here thinking about the roster so what would you do the rest of free agency you're the chiefs right now you have x amount of dollars to spend who knows you haven't signed anybody yet what's your plan for the rest of free agency man i i think you gotta go grab a you gotta go grab a wide receiver too uh, so I think that is, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a juju. It's a Jarvis Landry. I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm not doing Jarvis Landry. I'm not going to feel it makes them better, but I'm not going to be excited about it. I'd, I'd go grab juju. Um, I would be very aggressive in the defensive end market for one of these young pass or, or older pass rushers on a one-year deal. Cause you really have kind of put yourself in a position where you don't have a choice. Um, I would, uh, I'd be. I'd be talking to Tyron right now. Uh, <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be calling him up just to see what's up. Uh, I think I I don't know what I'd do. I'd call Jeff Gladney. <laughs> maybe 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 it might be. I they're they're in this, they might have to bring them all back. <laughs> it might be Charvarius and Tyron because they're running out of options. What are you doing, Maddie? 
Well, here first little fun news break from Schefter. Don't get too excited. It's not Chiefs signing anybody, but the two teams that have expressed the most interest in former Browns wide receiver Jarvis Juice Landry, the Chiefs and the New Orleans Saints. Let's just let's talk just, about it. Talk about it right now. Let's go. Let's yeah, talk let's about ra- it right now. No, let's go around the horn. Jarvis Landry, you sign him. I'm not going to give a number because like the wide receiver market's weird because Jacksonville signed half of them, and who knows what that means. Like when you Jarvis Landry, what do you think? I'll go first. Um, I think he's a slot guy. I think that doesn't fix your X situation. I think they're still going to add an X situation. The fact New Orleans is involved in this tells me that his market is not crazy high. Uh, New Orleans does always kind of come up with a way to sign guys and put things on the cap. This is an older guy. So unless they're going to forecast the future with just all void years, where basically their entire roster is just void years, (laughs) then I don't think that they're going to turn around and pay Jarvis Landry a ton of money. So adding him might result in a little bit better slot play. Tyreek Hill doesn't necessarily have to operate out of the slot, but you still need an X receiver. So if it's for a lower money deal, I'm completely cool with it. I have I don't have great Jarvis Landry receipts. <laughs> I'm not a big Jarvis Landry guy. I never have been. Bad athlete slots that do less with, or do more with or do less with more. I mean, he's been a volume guy, and that's been a lot of the allure of him and some of the stats that people try to talk about with him. But like, I don't really love him as a player. Never have. He would do well in Kansas City, and he makes him better. I mean, he would. And I he, think, yeah, no, go. I, he he and Allen Robinson together would be wonderful with Ty. Like you get really good. Hey, Paul DeSantis yeah, says it as well. Sign him and Allen Robinson. They, that makes you really good. Like that's a fear. That's a score one hundred style receiving core right there. Yeah, I would love to play defense at some point in time. Good night, <laughs> signing both of them. Shoo, uh, score one hundred. Shout out Jake Morley. You might have to score 500 with the defense <laughs> you're going to field if you're paying all the money you have to Jarvis Landry and Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson is going to command like $30 million per year if he looks at that Christian Kirk contract. <laughs> at minimum. That's ridiculous. We got uh, Zay Jones making $10 million. We got Christian Kirk making twenty. Our same team. Heads are shocking. off. Okay, uh, Jarvis Landry. I think he makes them better for sure. I My problem with him. This is my issue. My big issue with Jarvis Landry. He is a very good slot receiver that would absolutely make the Chiefs better. But if Jarvis Landry is your number two receiver, you need a second number two receiver that can do all the things he can't do, which is create yak, be a guy to take the trick plays behind the line of scrimmage stuff, catch screens, and to win vertically. He doesn't do any of that, and it's not like he's young and going to develop into that. So no matter what, if you have Jarvis Landry as a wide receiver two, you need a second wide receiver two, whether it's an Allen Robinson, a McCole Hardman, an early draft pick, whatever it may be, you have to have another guy that works with him to form a complete wide receiver two. To me, that defeats the purpose of paying the wide receiver two. At that point, then go pay someone else that you're paying one guy. It's also for one, maybe two years max because he's getting up there. Someone like Juju or even Allen Robinson. I know we're probably going over different price brackets here, but those guys, you might anticipate them getting you two, three years going on, not just one year. There are more complete players. You can see an upside within the offense other than just doing literally one role, doing it great, 
but doing just one role. So like that's my holdup with Jarvis Landry is it feels like the very smallest, most precise Band-Aid over a wound, but very tiny, very small radius. You are fixing exactly one issue and it's called third down. That's it. That's the only thing you're focusing hey. on with that move. Hey, I mean, third down. Like, you you got to win on third down. I, you you can do the same thing. I can't, I mean, I can't believe more. I can't believe we went this far in the Landry conversation and Kent didn't once mention the, mention the fact that he doesn't count against the compensatory formula. That might be your favorite part about him. We'll we'll might be, but that's not saying much right now. It's just more about <laughs> how I feel about Jarvis Landry. I really, um, I. It's 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 I'm it's a I'm whelmed. They're better. They are undoubtedly better. They're better without Byron Pringle. Or he's better than Byron Pringle for this football team. He's better for than Demarcus Robinson for this football team. Um, there are definitely a lot of guys that count against or don't count against the compensatory formula. I am going to reserve some thoughts. I have some. There's more tin foils coming. Uh, if if we see a trend of them investing in some of the guys that could potentially you know that don't count against the compensatory formula because i think the chiefs could like there's just a lot of moves that make sense for them to do it regardless of the compensatory formula but i have some thoughts i'm very well we'll, we'll save those for another day um, yeah we need to see what the chiefs do to really unfold because i mean i got some thoughts on it, it's not the same as ken's but like i had some other ideas that i threw to these guys this morning before the before this all frigidity started and said hey i wonder if the chiefs don't spend a lot of money and here is why so like I had thought they'd be big spinners this whole time. Even this morning, I, we got enough time. I talk, it'll talk about it. Go for it. Every NFL na national insider has pegged the Chiefs as a team that's not going to spin big, that's the best fit for Tyron Matthew, not monetarily, but fit wise. Like everybody's very clearly put wet blankets over the Chiefs spending big in national or in national level insiders. Now, they are not fully linked in with a lot of teams. They don't always understand how easy it is to move money. As people that follow your team, you often have an idea like, hey, Patrick Mahomes can literally sign one piece of paper and clear a bunch of space, and all of a sudden they have some money. But you would think that one of Fowler, Schefter, Rappaport, one of these eight, Pelissar, one of these 800 national level insiders would have gotten a little bit of wind at the combine when everybody knows everything the Chiefs were trying to spend money and would maybe have their foot out front of that just in case. Everybody's been so reserved with the Chiefs that it really made me question my thought that they are going to go out and spend big. And I mean, it's one day. I've been repeating this again. This is one day, but they haven't spent big. And now we're talking about, hey, maybe they're in on Jarvis Landry who won't cost much because only the Saints like. I'm like, that's still not spending big. So it's just, maybe they're not going to spend big. I don't know what that means going forward, but this was a thought that crossed my mind this morning when I kept seeing all these reports about how they might not have the money to do a lot of stuff. Cut to paying Allen Robinson $25 million. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's... <laughs> It's inevitable. Yeah, I mean, probably they're have to right in the they're middle of Maddie saying that. I mean, it, it it's interesting to think about, and I get where Maddie's coming from with all that. I just look at Brett Veach's history and how aggressive that he has been. He has spent or tried to spend. I mean, the Chiefs tried to add two top of the market offensive linemen last year in Trent Williams and Joe Tooney. They spent a bunch on Sammy Watkins and Anthony Hitchens. They spent a bunch on Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark. And then I mentioned, you know, they signed Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey. They spend money. And so that's why I look at this. I look at the amount of money that they can clear and the amount of cap space that they can clear to try and add players. And I go, this is a way better situation from a monetary standpoint, from a cap room standpoint than they've ever been in. 
with Brett Veach. And now all of a sudden they're just going to shut it down. Like that doesn't make sense to me. And I get it. You know, there's no buzz. There's nothing really surrounding them about a major player other than Allen Robinson. There's nothing really surrounding them about a major player. So it is confusing. I will wait and see here. Free agency officially starts on Wednesday. That's when you're going to be able to actually sign guys and announce moves. If the Chiefs haven't done anything by Wednesday. Ooh, there's going to be some uh, tense people in Kansas City because that that's a lot of holes that they still got to fill. It's This is a different offseason, I think, than we've seen this team have in a while, too. And I think that's another thing you got to take into consideration as well, because it does feel like the bill is coming due on the first core and that first wave. And when I, when I say that is there's a lot of holes on this roster right now. And there was more holes on this roster going into the season than I think, or going into free agency than I think we've had in the Brett Beach era. Is that fair? I think maybe, you know, maybe the defense, you know, there's probably, I guess we yeah. could say, Hey, you know, retooling the defense, uh, the first go around, but even then, like, you know, I think there was some pieces there. So, um, this is this is a very fascinating off season, and it's off to a very slow start. And it doesn't like it's just there's half a day, we, we, half a day <laughs> doesn't get we any don't. faster with Jarvis Landry either. I think I I don't think I <laughs> that is one hundred percent true. But I just you know like I, I it's just not it's interesting that there's not a lot of buzz about who the Chiefs are tied to outside of the wide receiver position. That's what's interesting me interesting me the most. Trying to keep Frank Clark. Trying to address wide receiver and then nothing. So uh, I'm very fascinated. It's going to be a very interesting next couple of days. Cannot wait to talk to you all again on Wednesday. If you're watching right now, KCSN Draft Guide. There's a link below. You get you get six months of the KCSN Substack where we'll be breaking down everything uh, that happens in the free agency. We will also get you the KCSN draft guide that releases on April 11th with 225 write-ups on prospects and how they fit the Chiefs, all kinds of good stuff. So if you're watching, go ahead and click that link below or click the link while you're listening. Thank you all so much for spending some time with us here the first day of free agency. We'll be back to react to hopefully some Chiefs news on Wednesday. We'll catch you later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.